0: It's so good to see your beautiful and handsome faces on this fine Sunday evening. So, I want to talk to you guys tonight about trick or treat. Trick or treat. See, see, what's what's some of the sayings? Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. I don't know. Your grandma did what? Your grandma did what? Which one? Is it bad? What does that mean? You emphasize on the trick and the treat. All right, I'm going to keep going. All right, so trick or treat. We're going to talk about this. Check it out, check it out, check it out. So, but this trick or treat is a little bit different than what you're what you probably used to Of uh, course. As soon as I said that, you went right to what? Halloween, right? Which, um Yeah, which is coming up, right? But this trick or treat that I'm talking about is a little bit different. I'm talking about the tricks of the enemy. Is it trick or treat? So he's deceptive, and have you ever been deceived? How many, who here has been deceived before? So it doesn't feel good, right? You know, because you put your heart out there, your trust out there, and You know, there's numerous warnings in the Bible concerning about deceit, deception, deceivers, uh, being deceived by yourself or others. Did you know that you can deceive yourself? You can absolutely deceive yourself. So, we're going to unwrap this in the next couple of weeks, and we're just going to get into some of the tricks of Satan. And um, so... First of all, deception. Let's look at deception. Dece- deception is someone who's deceived is, has accepted as true and valid what is false or invalid. You could have kept that music going. It was kind of, yeah. It was kind of setting a mood. I don't, I don't know where it was going, but yeah. So, someone who is deceived has accepted something that is true or valid that is false or invalid. So one who deceives others convinces them to accept truth for something that's false. What is truth? Okay, good, good. So God's opinion on any matter, but when it comes to Satan with his, with his tricks, he convinces you or uses people to convince you of something that is false, that's really that he convinces you that it's true, something that is false. He did this with, with Eve. See, Adam wasn't the one that was deceived, it was Eve. He deceived her. And there's numerous accounts in the Bible. So that's his that's his, his ammo. The devil wants to steal also your identity. He is out to deceive us out of our God-given identity, the inheritance that Jesus Christ paid for us on the cross, paid in full for us, that he gave to us. So that identity, that, that our identity in Christ, he's trying to steal that from us because he's jealous. He came from heaven. He fell out of heaven. He was an angel. He was kicked out of heaven. And he's after that. So he will use fraud, deceit, lies, mixed with a little bit of the truth to, to deceive us from that. He tries to, to get us to question everything that God says that's in the Bible. That's one of his tricks. Anything that what truth is, he tries to get us to, to, to question it. Satan was always going to attack our identity in Christ to try to get us to question who we are. So there's a story Genesis, in Genesis 27 about J, Jacob and Isaac and his brother. And I need a reader to come up. Someone that wants to read. I saw a hand go up real quick. You, sir, come on down and read this. It's a long. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of reading. It's like the whole. It's like the whole book of Genesis. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, come on up, Blake. Give it up to Blake. All right, Blake. I'm gonna hold the mic, and we're gonna read all that. See all that.
1: When Isaac was old, his eyesight was poor, so he could not see clearly. One day, he called his older son. Esau. <laughs> Esau. Esau. to him and said, "Son." Esau answered him, "Here I am." Isaac said, "I am old and don't know when I might die. So take your bow. Oh, take your bow and arrows, <laughs> and go hunting in the field for an animal for me to eat." Me prepare the tasty food that I love. Bring it to me, and I will eat. Then I will bless you before I die. So Esau went out in the field to hunt. That's a Rebecca? Rebecca was (laughs) Uh, was listening as Isaac said this to his son Esau. She said to her son Jacob, listen, I heard your father saying to your brother Esau, kill an animal and prepare some tasty food for me to eat. Then I will bless you in the presence of the Lord before I die. So obey me, my son, and do what I tell you. Go out to our goats and bring me two of the best best young ones. I will prepare them
0: just the way your father likes them. (laughs) the first curry goat right there that's curry goat That's jamaican then
1: you will take the food to your father and he will bless you before he dies but jacob said to his mother rebecca my brother esau is a hairy man and i
0: (laughs) (laughs) so jacob's brother eat jacob's smooth skin so where's my my smooth skin man out there got smooth skin his brother Esau was like a grizzly bear. Where my hairy man at? Got a little hair, you know, just. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Oh, 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 So that's what that
1: means. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am smooth. If my father touches me, he will know I am not Esau. Then he will not bless me, but I will place a curse on me because tried to trick him. So Rebecca said to him, If your father puts a curse on you, I will accept the blame. Just do what I said. Go get the goats for me. So Jacob went out and got two goats and brought them to his mother, and she cooked them in a special way Isaac enjoyed. She took the best clothes of her oldest older son Esau that were in the house and put them on the younger son Jacob. She also took the skins of the goat goats and put them on Jacob's hand and neck. Then she gave Jacob the tasty food and bread she made she had made Jacob went to his father and said, Father. And he said, Yes, my son, who are you? Jacob said to him, I am Esau, your first son. I have done what you told me. Now sit up and eat some meat of the animal I hunted for you, and then bless me. But Isaac asked his son, How did you find and kill the animal so quickly? Jacob answered, Because the Lord your God helped me to find it. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son. Then I will know if you are really my son, Esau. So Jacob came near to Isaac's Isaac his father. Isaac touched him and said, Your voice sounds like Jacob's voice, but your hands are hairy like the hands of Esau. Isaac did not know it was Jacob because his hands were hairy like Esau's hand. So Isaac blessed him. Isaac asked, Are you really my son Esau? Jacob answered, Yes, I am. Then Isaac said, Bring me the food, and I will eat it and bless you. So Jacob gave him the food and ate it. Jacob gave him wine, and he drank. Then Isaac said to him, My son, come near and kiss me. So Jacob went to his father and kissed him. When Isaac smelled he saw his clothes, he blessed him and said, The smell of my son is like the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you plenty of rain and good soil so that you will have plenty of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. May you be the master over your brothers and may your mother's son bow down to you. May everyone who curses you be cursed and may everyone Bless you, be blessed. Isaac finished Jake, finished blessing Jacob. Then, just as Jacob left his father, Isaac, Esau came in hunting. He also prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. He said, "Father, rise and eat your food. That your son killed for you, and then bless me." Isaac asked, "Who are you?" He answered, "I am your son, your firstborn son, Esau." Then Isaac trembled greatly and said, then who, was the, "Who was it that hunted the animals and brought me food before you came? I ate it and I blessed him, and it's too late." now to take back my blessing. When Esau heard the words of his father, he laughed out a loud and bitter cry. He said to his father, bless me, me too, my father. But Isaac said, your brother came and tricked me. He has taken your blessing. Esau said, Jacob is the right name for him. He was. He has tricked me these two times. He took away my share of everything you own. and Now he has taken away my blessing. Then Esau asked, haven't you saved a blessing for me? Isaac answered, I gave Jacob the power to be the master over you. And all his brothers will be his service, and I keep him I kept him strong with grain and new wine. There is nothing left to give you, my son. But Esau continued, Do you have only one blessing, father? Bless me too, father. Then Esau began to cry out loud. Isaac said to him, You will live far away from the bless from the best land, far from the rain, you will live by using your sword, and you will be a slave to your brother, but when you struggle, you will break free from him. After that Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing from Isaac. He thought to himself, my father will soon die and I will be sad for him. Then I will kill Jacob. That's
0: good. Yeah. Give it a break. I told you he's a lot of reading. All right, so in all of that, with Jacob, Ishmael, Esau, I'm sorry, Jacob, Esau, and Isaac. Jacob and Esau are brothers. And in that time, Whoever was first born who was the oldest where's my oldest siblings who's the oldest out of your siblings the oldest siblings got the blessing received the inheritance from passed down to their parents so what's going on is in, in a snapshot Rebecca their mom not you sorry <laughs> Rebecca they're not you're, you're good you wouldn't do this to your to your kids I know you wouldn't I know I, I just know you wouldn't but this Rebecca had fear in her heart because she heard her husband talking about passing on the blessing to her older son. Her older son uh, was a manly man. He was hairy. He hunted, smelled like goat, apparently. Yeah. And so Jacob hadn't really just stumbled into this. His mom, you know, pulled him into this. But what's interesting here is, Within this story, you have someone that had their identity stolen. You have someone that was deceived, and someone that showed deception. Tricks of the enemy. So, out of this whole thing, Jacob, his mom comes, and they conspire together for a plan for Jacob to get the inheritance. So, Jacob gets the house, the car, the boat. You know, the bike, Jacob gets everything, and his brother gets nothing. His brother gets banished and sent away. So I say this to say, with this story, it's what the enemy's trying to do with all of us. He he's trying to take our identity that God has given us. He's trying to take the glory that God has, has put on us. And he uses deception. He uses all these different tactics to do it. But the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he doesn't want you to get your inheritance, your spiritual inheritance. Jacob knew what the the inheritance was. His mom knew what it was. Everyone knew, but his mom was willing to be deceitful, was willing to lie, was willing to mislead her own husband to do this because of fear, because she didn't think that her son would be able to, you know, survive the way that her brother would because he was a hunter, he was a manly man. So the enemy is very cunning in, in, in deceiving us and tricking us into getting what we want. Even if it's wrong, even if it means deceiving our family, our loved ones, our friends. Now, the thing about this is, Jacob really didn't ask for this, but because of this, Jacob had to run for his life, because his brother's like, I'm going to kill you, is what he's pretty much saying, and it's again, his mother must have nothing to do, because she's always at the right place at the, at the right time, listening and eavesdropping, and uh, she hears her son saying that, I'm going to kill him, you know, and because he took everything from him, now he's banished. So, Rebecca goes to Jacob and says you got to run. You got to get out of here because of what I've done pretty much. So he runs for his life. So I want to just question you guys or caution you guys to to some things of how the enemy works. And just like from the armor of God, knowing how he works. So to be successful in battle, you have to Know your enemy, know your weapons, have a strategy. So had Esau read up on this or had gone through the, the series that we just, just went through, he would have known all this. See, Satan ends all of his sentences with a, with a question, a question mark creating doubt. So this is how you know when it's him. It's a, it, the question leaves in doubt. So, how many times have you asked yourself this, thinking that you're asking yourself this question? And this is how he works. He he comes as first person and he's asking you yourself, Am I safe? Have you never have you ever felt unsafe and just out of nowhere? Felt like, am I safe? Am I able? Am I capable of doing what needs to be done? Am I okay? Do I have your attention? So these are all the, the questions that the enemy kind of plants in us. Do I have your attention? Do you know, are, does anyone notice me? Do I, do I even fit in here? Do I have what it takes? Do I have friends? Does anyone like me? Who am I? Where do I belong? How do I matter? Where am I going in life? See, if you knew God's truth, you wouldn't ask these these questions. But the enemy is so clever at asking the right questions to where it gets us to doubt God's word, our identity in Christ, who he says that we are. So I guarantee everyone in this room has has asked themselves these questions at one point or time in, in their life. So, the mark of the enemy is what again? The mark of the enemy and is present in every single one of his attacks. The mark of the enemy and and this is present in every one of his attacks is what? Deception. So he does this and unfortunately Esau is a victim of this. He loses inheritance. He loses everything that God, that his father and and his natural birth was promised to him. He loses everything. Jacob gets it all, but he's got to run now. So these are some of the tricks of the enemy. During this time in your life, there's going to be a lot of people that come speaking truth which sounds like truth, but it's not really true. They're going to try to convince you to their theology. They're going to try to convince you to their ways. They're going to try to convince you that what they're doing is better than what you're doing. All throughout your life, people are going to try to convince you of, of their truth. And if you don't know the actual truth, which is God's word, if you don't have the, the answer to these questions, then Satan's going to first get you to doubt God, Secondly, he's going to get you to doubt yourself, your identity in him. And these are tricks that he's been doing since the beginning of time. He did this with, with Jacob and Esau. He did this with Adam and Eve. He tried to do it with Jesus in the wilderness. See, but when you know God's word, you know his promises. And those are the treats. The promises are that. You are a new creation in Christ, in that Second Corinthians, that we are children of God, heirs to God, fellow heirs to Christ, sharing his inheritance. We have God's nature and his love that's in us. We're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit who's in us to comfort us and teach us and guide us and interact and intercede for us and strengthen us. See, God gave us fullness, and every spiritual blessing of Christ is in us. See, but the enemy tries to twist his truth. He tries to manipulate God's word to tell us that it's the opposite, that we don't have anyone, that we're by ourselves, we're alone, we don't have what it takes. But the more you get God's truth on the inside of you, the more you can come against the enemy. So Halloween, trick or treat. Halloween's coming up. And this is one of the one times, one time a year where the enemy doesn't have to wear a disguise. He can, anyone that serves him or does whatever with him doesn't have to run around and, and deceive. He can be himself in this season. It's the one time where all this is accepted of, of who he is. He doesn't have to change his, his identity. See, Satan alters his identity. He, he puts one foot in light and pretends to be light when he's really dark. He gives you just, just a little bit of truth mixed in with his lies and deception. So in this time of the year, it's the one time where he, does, he can be himself and he's accepted. Other than that, he tries to blend in and act like it doesn't exist. And we fall for it every year. but knowing who Christ is knowing the treat that comes from being a follower and a believer from God having received from the the heavenly father every spiritual blessing in heavenly places so right now the enemy is is putting these thoughts and confusion and questions in your in your head and your mind? Am I safe? Am I able? Am I okay? Does anyone notice me? Do I have what it takes? Do I have friends? Why doesn't anyone like to, wh- Why does want to be my friend? Does anyone like me? Who am I? Where do I belong? See, he wants to to add all this doubt and confusion on the inside of you, so that you doubt everything that God is saying. And everything that we're saying here, everything that you hear in the Bible. See, the answer, again, it always turns back to his word and knowing his word. And meditating on his word. See, God gave us grace, he gave us strength, he gave us power. Ask you, who's your who's your source? Are you are you being deceived by the tricks of the enemy? Deception again is accepting true as true and, and valid what is false and invalid. Are you accepting the lies of the world? Are you willing to accept these lies of the world to, to receive what the world has to offer. That's kind of what happened with Jacob. Jacob didn't trust that his brother would take care of him and his family would take care of him, so he was willing to deceive his own father. So he put goat skin on his hands and, and his neck. And the thought that went into this deception is, is, is depth, is, is, is deep. He wanted it so bad to have all these blessings, but he didn't want to, you know, it, it wasn't owed to him. So he was willing to do whatever it took to, to receive these blessings. And sometimes we fall into these traps and these tricks of the enemy that we want something so bad that we'll do anything to get it. For him, ultimately, the answer was death. For his deception... You know, his brother was was furious with him. So for us when we do this, it's spiritual death because sin separates us from God. But have you ever wanted something so bad that you're willing to do anything to get it? And that's that's kinda where he was at. I've been there before to where I wanted something so bad. I wanted something to happen so bad that I I was at a vulnerable place or so I was like I feel like I would do anything to get this thing. And that is one of the tricks of the enemy, deception at its best, deceiving us to be out of God's will for what he has for us in our lives. So again, he's after your identity, so where do you get your identity from? Where do you get your identity from? Is it a place that the enemy can't take from you, which is God's truth, his principles, his very word? Is it social media? I remember when I was young that I got nicknames for for doing things, and sometimes the very nickname can, can be as deceptive as you know the lie itself but people calling and speaking to your life what are they speaking over you when they when they tell you that you you know are certain things so So many Christians are defeated because they believe the lies that the enemy says that are in the world. And we need to stop believing Satan's lies and realize who Christ is. So the word says to be weary of wolves in sheep's clothing. And a wolf in sheep's clothing is someone that's pretending to be in light and being righteous and being truth, but really their intentions are not of that. Their their intentions are to do what the enemy says, to steal, kill and destroy, to harm. The sad thing is you'll never really know a wolf in sheep's clothing if you don't know, first and foremost, God's word, his principles, and who you are in Christ. So you will be deceived. You will be an easy mark for the enemy to take you out. So talking about the tricks of the enemy having a plan how to combat that, especially in this season, and we're going to go a little bit deeper in it next week, just about this season, as we get closer to Halloween, what that means. I have nothing against Halloween in itself, but when you know the very origin of Halloween, certain religions or or, um, certain ethnicities celebrate Halloween as their celebration of their death mourning the death of of loved ones that have passed and the western civilization took it over and and made it more to where kids went from door to door asking for candy, tricks or treats they would either ask for a treat or they would do a trick um, to the house (laughs) of the people that would not give them treats I know it's kind of bad but it's a time where you got to be spiritually in tune and spiritually mindful of who you are because, again, it's a time where the enemy doesn't have to hide himself. It's a time where he could just be himself and expose himself in any way. In some ways, people celebrate it. In some ways, um, you just got to be careful and, and just be spiritually mindful of what this, this season really truly means. And again, there's alternative measures for Halloween that a lot of churches do. We do family fests. We've done here before. Uh, where we're giving out candy and just not celebrating you know what it truly is and means but I just don't want you to lose sight of how the enemy can use deception and his tricks to cloud your judgment on what his true motive and goals are which is to kill steal and destroy to take your identity to deceive you to just get you to doubt God and who he So we're going to dig deeper into this next week, but the key is to know the enemy's tricks and to have a plan like we've been talking about, to know your enemy, but to know that God has the ultimate identity theft deterrent system in the world, one of the best deterrent identity theft deterrent systems in the world where the enemy can't steal your identity and who you are in Christ. He can't steal what God has given to you. You can willingly give it to him, but he cannot take what God has given you, all the promises that God has given you. He cannot take those from you. And that's what frustrates him so much. So again, the promises and who we are, that we are the salt of the earth, that we are a light, we're the light of the world I'm a child of God we're children of God we're part of the true vine and Christ's life flows through us Christ is everything to us so when I'm going to close your eyes Ask you, who are you? And I'm not talking about your identity as far as what your driver's license says or your identity, or your identification card, or your birth certificate. So, who are you? Who do your friends say you are? Who do your family say you are? Who are you? Your identity, did you get that from your parents? And I'm not talking about your your identity, your um you as a person. Talking about your character, what makes you a person? Who are you? Does it reflect, because we are made in the image of God. We are beautifully and, and, and fearfully made in God's image. But who do you see yourself as? Do you see yourself as the things that we that I read off earlier, or do you see yourself as more than a conqueror? That you yeah, better more greater is he that is in you than you that's in the world? Do you see yourself as made in God's image? Fearless? Because the enemy wants to paint this illusion or deceive you to the fact that to where you feel helpless, you're powerless. He doesn't want you to to walk in victory. He doesn't want you to walk in all of God's promises and blessings. But you have to see yourself as these things. And how you do that is by first meditating on his word, believing that you are these things. Am I safe? Of course I'm safe. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Is what the word says. Am I able? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Am I okay? Of course I'm okay. Again, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Do I have what it takes? See, God will always give you the tools necessary for the call that he's placed on your life. And each and every one of you has a call. Do I have friends? Well, the word says, show yourself friendly and you will have friends. Are you showing yourself friendly? then you have friends. And you had a friend in Jesus. Does anyone like me? I am loved by the most high, by the creator of the universe. Loves me. Who am I? Again, I am made in his image. Where do I belong in this body? Collectively together, we all make the body of Christ so you got to see that coming to pass in your life you got to see his word manifesting in your life in order for that for you to take his identity you got to act upon this his word and what it's saying in order for this to take root or the enemy can easily come and take your identity who you are and who he says you are By telling you the opposite of what the word says. So you got to know your enemy. You got to know his weapons. You got to know his strategy. You have to know how to apply his word. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity. So that you will be able to know the tricks of the enemy. So that you will not be deceived by the enemy, by his tricks. you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity in that. I want you to just raise your hand. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you would like to have one. On the count of three, no one's looking around. It's between them. One, two, three. Okay, i just going to give you an opportunity. you see what he sees? I'm talking about our heavenly father. When you look in the mirror, do you see what he sees? And it's easy to see it if you just meditate on his word. If you read his word, to know me is to know my word. If you don't see what he sees, then you're meditating on what the world says. You're meditating on what social media says or maybe even parents or, or someone that's not positive in your life, that's speaking negative things over you. If you don't see what Jesus Christ sees, then your source is not of him. And when your source is not from God, then the enemy can easily come and take your identity. He can easily come and deceive you and trick you and, and make you believe that you're something that you're not. But the the key is to meditate on his word so that you won't be deceived. So even in the last series that we did, the armor of God has said, put on the full armor so that you will be able to withstand the fiery darts, withstand the enemy's attacks, putting on all of his word, all of God's word and applying it, activating in your life so that you no longer have to not feel safe or not feel that you're capable, not feeling okay. So God wants you to be whole. Jesus said, I've come that you'll have life, life more abundant. He didn't come to take anything away from us. He came to fulfill, to give us strength, to give us courage. Okay, you guys can all look up. So the next time you hear trick or treat, I want you to think a little bit different about that phrase and think about how the enemy uses his treats to trick us as well. We're going to get a a little bit more into this next week, but nothing is ever what it seems especially in a, in a worldly setting. So last week, we had a, a very powerful service, and a couple of people asked me what that was about. And, um, and that's ministry time. And that's when we listen to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit downloads. Uh, we're just led by the Holy Spirit, and he just lets us know when, when things aren't what they should be and, or if we're being deceived or if there's distractions or there's something pressing in the ministry or pressing that he wants to communicate and get a message out. So that's nothing that's me. People are like, well, what is all that? That's that's got nothing to do with me. See, God uses us. He uses people. He can use you, the person next to you, and he uses us as vessels to just share His word, share His goodness, share a message, communicate. The enemy uses people just like God does as well. So the question is, who are we being used by? don't want to fall for satan's tricks and be used by the enemies so even though he sprinkles truth in there so we just want to make sure that who we're being used by where we're getting our identity from is from christ above amen amen all right we're going to transition